sitting, drinking, and trying to figure it out. Can I get an amen for that? All right. So let's get on with the message then, shall we? That was a little, a little plug in there from God because none of that is scripted. What I want to get into today is, uh, is, cha- is just what I said. It's about changing your atmosphere. And give me a minute. I'm old school. I still work off of paper and pen and not tablets. I should learn, though. Ephesians 6, 12 is where I want to camp out at. If you've got your Bibles or you're following along there. Let me read a little bit of it, set the tone. Ephesians 6.12. Is that where I want to be? Who's got it? Oh, y'all think I'm just going to be up here doing all the work? Nobody bring a Bible today? I'm sorry, we're in church. Uh, You guys get in the habit of bringing your Bible with you. In case you didn't know also, your Bible is more than a Bible. Your Bible is your sword. When I'm walking in the hood, carry my peace outside so everybody sees it. And by the way, my peace isn't my 9mm, it's my Bible. It puts people on point to let them know that this is my sword. And when I carry the sword of the Lord, I can walk into some really dark places. Because his peace is better than this peace. Because this peace might kill the natural body. But even if it is, this peace that I carry in the word lives on forever. And I will live on forever because God says I will. Let that one soak in for a minute. Go ahead and read. Somebody read to me. right so let's put it in perspective this atmosphere that we're that we're always seems like we're struggling in the natural world is just that it's just a natural world struggle but the real struggle is the world that you don't see it's the spiritual stuff that gets underneath your skin that you that you can't see it you can't tangibly grab it and you can't wrestle it when I was young, I was a very angry youth, and I, everything to answer for me was physical. I would grab it, and I would subdue it, and I would hold it down and make it bend to my will, and got me in a lot of trouble. But really, all along, the battle that I was really trying to fight was a spiritual battle. It was my flesh doing what my flesh wanted to do in Lord and be, when really inside, the Holy Spirit was the one who was trying to take control battling the devil at the same time the dark spirits and the things that that uh, you know we just read she just read right there for me thank you Ashley for reading that and the reason that I ask you guys to read back to me is just a little side note God says his word will never come back void meaning if you read it in some way shape or form it will in some way shape or form come back to you you will be touched in a way that you'll know it's from God. So I highly suggest reading the word often. Science, scientifically speaking, defines atmosphere as a combination of pressure of gases and pressure surrounding the earth. Another 
dictionary definition is atmosphere is the pervading tone or mood of a place. And that place, just so you know, can be in your own mind. However, what may be unknown to some, to some scientists is that there are more than just gases surrounding the earth. Paul explains and revels that just as there is a natural atmosphere, there is likewise a spiritual atmosphere, as we just read about it. This scripture shows us that the spiritual atmosphere is our struggle, not against the flesh and blood that we think and see, but against dark spiritual forces residing in this world. And in case you guys didn't know, the devil lives here at the moment and not in hell. You think that the devil is in a different place in hell, but the devil is right here on earth. If you recap the history, you see that God, through the devil and third of the angels that followed him, and they weren't sent to earth. So you are constantly living in the atmosphere and pressure that he has. Science is telling you about the natural world pressure, and I'm telling you about the spiritual dark pressure. Bless you the spiritual dark pressure that is also in your midst. Just because you don't see it, understand that it is still very real and very relevant. Has anybody here ever had a depressive time in their life? Okay. Then you fully understand what I'm talking about when I say there is an unseen atmosphere that is at work against you as well. And that is, thanks to the devil, because he's camped out right here in your backyard. Some of you, he's camped out right inside your house. Some, I hate to say, may go so far as to say he's camped out inside of your head and your heart. And I highly suggest you do some house cleaning. And I'm going to break out here a little bit and put this to you because obviously somebody here needs to know it because God's telling me right now to put this out there. Every once in a while, guys, I need you to do a spiritual house cleaning. Start with your head and your heart, and then actually physically go through your house. And I know this is going to sound crazy to the unbeliever, but being that you're here, I'm pretty much guessing that you trekked out in this frozen tundra to be here tells me that you're a believer and you want to know more about God. So I'm going to drop this on you because you want to know because you're here. When you get done cleaning your head and your heart by going to your three-foot, three-foot, and asking God to do just that, empty you and refill him with him. Then I want you to go and I want you to get, anybody got olive oil? Let's just go with olive oil, okay? I want you to take some olive oil. And I want you to look at that jar of olive oil, not as a cooking oil anymore, but I want to look at it as oil. All this is type and shadow. And it looks funny in the natural world, but there is a spiritual entity that is watching everything you do. And when I take that olive oil and I look at it, and I might pour a little bit in a glass and I say, Jesus, anoint this oil as I anoint my house with it. And you know how they used to, the story in Egyptians when they were going to come, or the death angel was in Egypt and they put blood over the doorposts. And every time the angel passed over that, he would, the angel would see that had the anointing blood over it. And nope, we're not killing nobody in there. And they moved on. It's the same thing you can do in your house. I want you guys, I'm teaching you spiritual warfare right now. Even though I got this message, God's really laying it on me to teach you you guys and girls how to do war. 
just really feeling this heavy. So you take that oil and you, get, you look at it and you ask God to consecrate this oil and anoint this oil. And, that, and then you talk. The majority of my message is about getting you guys to start opening your mouth and speaking. Okay? Because I can sit here and... Or I can say, hey, Connor, can you go get me a glass of water? What one is he going to respond to? Me going... Or me speaking? It's the same thing, guys. Speak it. So take that oil and you speak it. Devil, unclean spirits... Wicked and unclean spirits, oppression, depression, anxiety, addiction, whatever it is you've got. You know what you got. You all got your secret sin. I got them. I'm not going to stand up here and act like I'm perfect. Every one of you have them. So time to time, you need to clean house. You need to clean house, and you need to clean house. And then I get, take it one step further. So first I will go, usually everybody is gone because they, you know, but my wife and kids have gotten used to it. And if I just feel like, man, every time I come home, we're just, rah, 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 the moment we go through the door, one of us is really like, whoa, whoa, we got a clean house. Because something has done followed us in on our feet, or something we argued with, or something we touched has followed us into this house, and my house is not a house of peace anymore. You ever have your house where it just seems like chaos and arguing and bittering and fighting is just ruling your house? Stop what you're doing because <laughs> I'm about to ruin <laughs> devil the rhythm and the rhyme that you're used to and I'm taking that oil and I am going to go to every opening in my house every threshold every door and I speak Satan wicked unclean spirits you are not allowed in this house anymore this is a consecrated house every door bedroom Anything that leads outside of your house, and I will smear oil down the side of it. That is my physical declaration in my mind that helps me clean house, and that is my spiritual declaration to the stuff you don't see that's trying to come in in your house, that they are not welcome, and they are out. Pass by. You come to my house, and you see the smeared oil on it? Pass by. Because you know who's living here. As for me and my house, Jeremiah, we will serve the Lord. That's the declaration you make. And you totally change the atmosphere. You may not initially feel it at first. But as the day progresses, you start to feel a little bit calmer. And your kids are. And when they want to start chiming up, and they're like, no, 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 babe. We're not going to do that today. We're not going to argue. Not We're going to bicker. And it just changes your atmosphere. Altogether, and it sends that message. Now, I take it one step further. God has given you this authority to use His name. You got so much power, you guys don't even use to use His name. I got a nine millimeter underneath my mattress, but it does no good if a robber comes in and I go, I got to pull the trigger to make it useful. I have a mouth. It is my trigger. I have the authority of Jesus' name to use that power, but it don't work unless I speak it. So if you've got something specifically that you are struggling with, I need you to open up your mouth and fire that bullet. And I take it one step further after I get done anointing my oil, and I say, 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for the authority to use your name. I'm calling down warrior angels, a legion of them, to camp out on my property. Drive away every wicked and unclean spirit from my people in this house, to my house, to the land and properties and possessions that I own, and hold them off. You have the power to do that. You have to speak and invoke that power to do it and give thanks. Um, people, man, I'm so tired of watching people getting beat up spiritually. They're like the guy that's on the ground and just keeps letting them keep kicking them and rolling them down the road and you feel like you, you're, like you got no moves, you got no fight back. You have no idea the power that you have and used Jesus' name against anything. Addictions, depressions, anxieties. Something inside of you has to speak that. Because here's the deal. When you speak it, the ear hears it, the heart believes it. When Jesus had them knock down the walls of Jericho, what were they doing? They were shouting and praising for six days. They were speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking. Boom, then the walls come down. Jesus out on the boat with the people in the boat. The guys in the boat. Storms all whipping and stuff. And they wake him up. What did God do? He spoke to the wind. He spoke. This is God. God could have just went, genied it. And it went flat. But he spoke it. At the beginning of Genesis... It says he spoke everything into creation. Are you starting to pick up the, the breadcrumbs here I'm laying out for you about the speaking stuff? You have this power. The mouth can speak life or death into your life or into somebody else's. You don't know what to pray? This is, this is so God. So this morning as I'm writing my message out, I'm like, you know, some people just aren't really articulate. Like, they don't really know how to speak it out. You don't know how to speak? Pick up the Bible. Flip to Psalms. And God laid on my heart, Jeff, just flip to Psalms. I'm like, all right. So I, I literally just flip the book open and start reading Psalm 78. Listen, O people Israel, as I speak these words to you. I'm like, okay, I'm on the right path here because... And God literally spoke to me about speaking to you and gave that confirmation to me reading in Psalms. So if you don't know what to pray and you're not really articulate in your words and you're like, well, it just doesn't seem to come out like King James Version Bible. Guess what? God knows every dialect and slang in humankind. You speak in ways you used to talk to me. Pick up Psalms and start reading it. Pray it. David went through a lot of crap. We all go through a lot of crap. What did David do? David, not only did he speak it, he literally wrote it, wrote the Psalms out. That's, I'm not asking you to write your own message out, but you can definitely speak it. And you know what happens when you do Just like the first note of that song changed the atmosphere in here. Now, I, I want to change the atmosphere in the natural world. I can go over on the wall and I can just turn the dial up. But if I need to change the atmosphere in my spiritual self, then I need to bring that spiritual atmosphere in here. I need to put a music on, put a song on, and change it. 
Some days when I'm at work, I work swing shift, 12-hour swings, back and forth, days and nights, days and nights. It's just, it ruins my body, whatever. But sometimes I get really mentally down. And I'm a crew leader, like I got 12 guys that work underneath me and try and keep them all greased and working together and not arguing and fighting with each other. It's kind of a hard thing to do. So if my mindset and my atmosphere ain't right, that whole atmosphere in the workplace. Now it's bad enough I got to be to work, much less I don't want some toxic work environment atmosphere that I'm working in. So this is my daily routine. I purposely park my car at the farthest parking spot in the parking lot. You know why I do that? Because it gives me time to set the atmosphere. And this is my daily routine. Get out of the truck. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the work you've given my hands through this place. Forgive me for grumbling and complaining about days when it's hard. I just need to always remember that this is a gift and a blessing in the food that it provides for my family. I'm asking you right now, Lord, to come into this place. I'm asking angels to drive away every wicked and unclean spirit from the people in this place, from the machines, from the building and the lands as property. Thank you for giving me the authority of that. I ask, Lord, that you would send your Holy Spirit and your angels to go ahead of me, giving me favor, Lord, in whatever it is that I put my hands to. Always know that I give you the credit and the glory for it. Please keep my family and their family safe while we are here and they are there, as you ask that you also keep us safe. In Jesus' name, I thank you for this and praise and give you the glory. Chink, chink. It's a long walk. Sometimes I take my time coming in. But I do something to that effect every single day. And there have been days, just to test, that I didn't say it. And it seems like the freaking wheels come off the bus the moment that I walk into place. But really the reality of it is, is I've set my head into a different atmosphere than I normally would have. Because now when I walk in the door, hey Jeff, you're four short today. And by the way, they need that machine changed over. I could go, oh, oh, but I'm already like my head's set already because of the words I've spoken and set that atmosphere in my heart and in my head first. That now I'm like, okay, we got this. And it just, it works out. But that all started because I changed the atmosphere by inviting God into it. And how did I do that? I opened up my mouth. We open up our mouths so many times a day and speak venom and speak bitterness and speak anger and speak all kinds of stuff. But how many times do you actually just speak that positivity and that life? If you start the day with it, believe me, you will end the day with it. You may be tired and you go to say a prayer at night and you're so tired you maybe get, thank you, God. Sometimes I'm so tired at night, but you know, and I want to talk to God at the end of my day too, but all I got really in me is, thank you, God. It's enough. Some days that is enough. I spoke it. But the thing is, guys, what I'm trying to say is there is this atmosphere that we all have been fighting. And for one reason or another, we've not been really calling calling the devil out. You know, the other thing that I do, too, is, you know, the devil likes to tell us and remind us the, the word says the devil stands before God every day telling on us. Did you see what Jeff did today? 
He stands and witnesses against me every day trying to bring up the stuff I thought, the stuff I said, and what I did. And then God will look at that and go, unfortunately, Satan, for you, at the end of the day, he said, Lord, please forgive me of the sins that I did. So, next case. And the thing is, is that every day the devil is going to try and do that to you, put you on on trial and do that. So when I say speak, you need to also remember to say that speaking part of please forgive me, Lord. That's your that's your out. If you don't from time to time, I recommend it on a daily, but if you don't from time to time ask Lord, please forgive me and say that, you're really leaving a lot of your sins on the record book. Because I've also read in Scripture, it says one day we'll all stand before the Lord, and he has a couple sets of books. He got a set of books that everything is recorded for the unbeliever. And then he has a set of books for the believer who have shown remorse, who have asked God to be their God, and who have said, please forgive me. And he opens the pages and it's blank. So I'm always kind of mindful of that. And I also remember, though, even with the books, when God says that I have forgiven you, your sin is as far as east from the west, he really has done that. And that's part of what God did, on, his son did what he did on the cross for you. So that the devil could never hold that contract up that says, I got them. I got them. Their name signed in blood. And Jesus holds his contract up and says, yeah, my contract's in blood too, and it's stronger than yours. So what I like to do also, you know, I, used, I go back to I used to be an angry youth, but I also have learned to channel that anger now into a, um, they call it righteous indignation, is what they call it now, is because I'm mad at what makes God mad. And sometimes, guys, you just got to get mad at the devil. There have been days when I really feel like he's all over me, and I can tell because I'm yelling at stuff, I'm mad, I'm anger issues, just, you know, and I got to go through my house cleaning. But one of the things I've learned to do, and it feels really good and empowering, there was a day not too long ago, I'm doing all the praying, like, for a week. It just seems like, man, I just can't get this dark cloud shook off of me like I've prayed to God I've did the anointing oil I've asked the angels and it's just like man he's just not letting up I'm angry when I wake up and I'm like just snap at the simplest things and and then I'm like I feel like I'm just constantly like running and you can do two things you can either run or you can turn and fight back and I remember that day, and I just, I stopped, and I literally just turned around, and I went, you know what, Satan? Let me tell you something. And I start going on about, let me tell you about the God that did this thing, and the God that did this thing, and the God that did this thing. And let me remind you of something. Oh, where are you going? Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Get back in here. We're not done. Let me remind you that I know how this all ends. In case you forgot, let me remind you. I'm the head, not the tail. 
You go to hell when this is all said and done, and I'm going to heaven. No matter what you torment to, do me to whatever, let me remind you where you're going. Let me flip to Revelation for you and show you again, just so you know, because it is a crystal ball, and I do know where you're going. And I literally just feel like this atmospheric change, like you literally am running, you're running them out of your house. Because where light is, if it's a dark room, as soon as the moment you light a candle, it's not dark anymore. It's lighting up. And sometimes you guys got to get mad enough when you feel to that point in your life, turn on the devil, spin on your heels and quit running, and you tell him where he's going. And you tell him where you're going. And you remind yourself of this. And you pray to God for a season of peace to come over you. I didn't have the message for spiritual warfare today, but man, is God all over me to give it to you guys because some of y'all have not been throwing some left hooks and some uppercuts and some right crosses. All you've been doing is backed in a corner and ducking and bobbing and weaving, trying to miss stuff. And I'm talking a physical analogy to your spiritual analogy. Ashley started out with, you know, we're not really fighting real punches. We're fighting the spiritual punches. And every one of you guys are going to encourage them along the way. Some of us right now are in, in I'm wearing the belt mode because I just got done winning this huge victory through this long fight that I came through. Nicole has got an awesome testimony that I just heard. She's in a season of, I got the belt, man. Jesus, big J on it. But she went through a lot of ducking and weaving and had learned to throw some punches of her own to get there. There are some people right now that are in a season that they feel like they're in the back in the corner and they're trying to duck and weave everything and they're not throwing a single punch. I'm telling you right now and I'm giving you as your coach how to throw some punches, guys, and you need to. Don't be the punching bag anymore. I don't know what's going on at work in your life. I don't know what's going on in your household. Young men, young women, I got an idea what's going on with you guys at church. My daughter comes home to me some days crying, and her only wish is that she could find one Christian friend that didn't just wear the cross and talk and say they were a Christian, yet cussed and wear the skimpiest clothes you could find on a winter day. Yeah, I should probably get amen for that. That's sad. That's sad. When I've got a young 15-year-old girl who can't find in her public school, and I'm not knocking public schools, I went there. I was one of the cussers that wore a cross, but it was for jewelry, not for Jesus. But it's sad that they don't have the amount of other Christian kids that can boldly say, you know what, I don't need to cuss. It doesn't make me any cooler. And I don't need to cheapen myself dressing all flashing out because I'm really devaluing myself. Why would I devalue myself by dressing all this stuff, man? God gave me all this cool talents, and I'm funny, and I'm witty, and I'm what, you know what I mean? It's like they have no self-worth, so they have to do all this stuff to try and get attention because, I don't know, maybe somebody didn't, maybe a mom or dad, you dropped the ball, and you didn't tell them how valuable they really were. And young men, young women, I'm telling you right now, just the fact that you're in here and you're following God and you're learning some stuff, 
You are way ahead of the curve. Way ahead of the curve. Young guy right there. How old are you, young man? How old are you? No, right behind you. How old are you? 12? Oh, man. God just really, really, really like, like pulling me to you. What's your name? Brady? Brady, 12-year-old Brady. I'm going to tell you something. Do you love God? It's all right. It's cool to say I love God, man. I'm a strapping guy. I ain't afraid to say it. I'm a warrior of Christ. I'm not some little sheep, some little lamb. Do I seem like a little sheep and lamb to you? Nah. Don't be sheepy. Be liony. <laughs> I'm making jokes of that. But the thing is, is that let the lion inside of you of God. You're a lion of God. 12-year-olds and 12-year-old and be able to say that, that God's your God, dude, that's a lion inside of you. Don't ever let anybody push you around, young people. Don't ever let anybody push you around or make you feel weird or crack the little side jokes. Say, oh, one of those Christian guys, huh? Don't ever. Yeah, I am. I am. I still like to fight, too. You got anything else you want to say? <laughs> Probably not a good analogy, but, you know, you get my gist. You can always ask for forgiveness later, right? Why am I the pastor? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I say all that, guys, just to kind of lighten it up, but in a seriousness, young people, now as I'm addressing you, don't have an identity crisis. You know who you are. You say God is your God, you're a Christian, I'm a believer. That's my identity. Who are you? I'm a believer. What's your name, young man? Both of us. Nate, what is it? Okay, fellas, God's also pulling me to you, too. I don't know if you're going through some struggles right now, and you're kind of like, it's not really cool to be a Christian, so I don't really talk about it or bring it up. Some of you adults don't sit there like that. You're at work right now. Have you ever brought up the word God at work? Oh, not at work. Boy, we're politically correct. We can't even say the word Jesus. There ain't a single guy that works underneath me that know that I ain't a believer. You do whatever you want to do. I ain't telling you what to do, but fellas, right now, I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to go in the bathroom in my three-foot-three, and I'll be back in about five minutes. I'm going to take my God break. I talk, talk about it all the time. They know. You know, the interesting thing is, when I first took that job, everybody in there cussed like a sailor. And I'm not knocking it. I used to cuss with the best of them, too. But something inside of me convicted me then when I got God inside me like it just didn't feel right coming out of me no more like nobody told me and I didn't have a pastor lord it over me but just something just didn't feel right to cuss and swear anymore but I didn't tell nobody they had to it's probably maybe six seven months after working there and they I haven't heard a cuss word from these 12 guys and I I've, well, I've been there 15 years now in this plant, eight in the other one, and I haven't heard a single cuss word out of these guys that I can't even remember when. And I never said a single thing to any of them. But I changed the atmosphere every day when I walked in that door. And I said that I believe in God. Go figure. 
told the whole, the whole workplace knows it. And I'm not running around waving my banner. No, it's in my character. It's how I act. It's what I say. I'm trying to be patient with people. I'm my integrity. I'm trying to be fair with you as I am fair with you as I am fair with you, no matter your color, your race, your religion, your creed, whatever. Fairness is a godly virtue thing. You know, it's like, but I didn't tell them to do anything. They just did it naturally on their own. But to think that I was a big part of that because before I came there, that wasn't. What was it? The part of me it was Jesus that was flowing out of me and not speaking and still getting everything and having a normal conversation without an F word in it. Most of these guys, it was a noun, adjective, pronoun. You know? And now they don't even, I, I can't tell you last time I heard that nasty word. Why? Because it never comes out of my mouth. And I'm a guy in a leadership position. And in case you didn't know it, people learn by your examples. Oh, I can tell you all the stuff to do, but it's your examples, both in your household parents and fellas and ladies on your job. It's your actions, not your words, that's going to get going to get people to notice you or, or change their atmosphere. So we're going to wrap it up. And Sarah, I'm putting you on the spot. Nicole, I'm putting you on the spot. Matthew, I want you guys to come back up and play that song, Ready to, Ready to Live Again. Sarah, that song that you guys played. I want to change and supercharge this atmosphere one more time for you guys. I want you to charge your atmosphere because you're going to walk out of here back into that cold world again. And I'm not talking about the temperature outside. But I want the atmosphere inside of you today to be different. And I want you to remember how that, that atmosphere changed. I'm going to invite every one of you guys to come up here. I'm going to walk around up here for a little bit. And I'm going to speak some things. I ain't got to speak it real loud so y'all can hear me. But I'm just going to speak some stuff that I've been wrestling with to God. And I'm going to speak that to him. And I'm going to also tell the devil where to go back to. And remind him where he's going to. And whenever you feel like you've had enough talking, speaking, you guys can slip out of here quietly taking that charged atmosphere with you fellas take that to school take that to your workplaces ladies take that to the discussion spot wherever you ladies get together and discuss take all this atmosphere with you and take it out there because it's so needed and I've given you guys a lot of ways on how to change the atmosphere and it begins with this and I encourage you to do it, to live it. Go home today. If you feel like your home has been a place of chaos and not peace, clean it. Make your three by three. This young man, find a place in your bedroom, a drawn invisible, even take chalk. I think mom will let you do it this time. Draw a circle on your floor. This is my spot where I talk to Jesus at. Clean it. Clean it from here to here. The furthest distance is from here to here. Clean it. Then clean your house. And tonight when you're chilling out, watching a movie or whatever you're doing, just take a deep breath and thank you, Lord, for the peace that's coming into this house. And walk and live in it and change it whenever you need to. Try the work thing that I gave you guys the example. Seriously. Try that. Try it for a week. And tell me 
I'd love to come back in a week and hear you guys tell me how, man, my just my work atmosphere really was different this week. I wasn't catty, wasn't. I want you guys to try that for a week. Can you do that? Show of hands if you guys can get on board with me and do that this week, just at the work thing. Great. Go ahead, ladies and gentlemen.